for joining us. This is the second Clocker Sports Roundtable. This is getting to be a lot of fun. Y'all know the first one didn't quite air. I still had fun doing that, and last week was a blast, so I'm expecting this one to be another one. Don't let me down. I am joined by uh, four of my fellow Clockers, and we're going to go around the horn and have everybody introduce themselves and let you know who they are again, and then we're going to get right into the topic. So uh, starting left to right, we're going to go first with you, Steven. Let everybody know what's up, man. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Stephen Ryan, a.k.a. Line Ryan 7 in the e-game eSports community. Ready to jump in tonight. You can follow me on Twitter at Illini Ryan 7 Also, hit me up on Instagram at Ryan underscore 7 Ready to talk hoops, a little hockey, and some baseball. Matthew? All right, it's me. I'm Matt Dahlberg. I'm here to talk whatever and just really anything sports-related, as usual. And looking forward to some NBA playoffs coming up. Looking forward to the Cubs just continuing to dominate as long as the Cardinals don't mess that up anymore. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Blackhawks a little bit and what they need to do if they want any chance back in this series. You can follow That's me at M underscore Broski21 on Twitter. And yeah, I do a podcast with Tyler Pearson, who's below me. We uh, do a little wrestling podcast and uh, yeah, it should be a fun time. Since he brought you up, Tyler. Well, my name's Tyler. Uh, Twitter, T underscore Pearson, 10 four, number 10 letters, F-O-U-R. As Matthew said, we do have a bit of a wrestling podcast called No Countouts Podcast. You can find it on Twitter, No Countouts Pod. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Podcast Player. Really, any app you can look for that has podcasts, you'll find it there. No Countouts Pod. Talk wrestling and a little bit of nonsense, but mostly wrestling. And last but not least, brother. Brother, what's happening is uh, Will Clark. Uh, uh, call me Big Will. You can uh, reach me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at BigWillC77. And that's Big Will spelled B-I-G-W-I-L-L-C-77. Not Big Will like the old school <laughs> bike we used to ride. <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all had a big wheel. Heck yeah. But... <laughs> Heck yeah. But if you yeah. didn't, I'm sorry. Well, Your childhood yeah. <laughs> was just missing something. I'm sorry. Uh, we're yeah. going to get right into contributor it now. Writer. Go, ahead. Go ahead, brother. No, finish the road. Oh, no. I'm just saying contributor, contributor writer with clockersports.com. Specialty basketball and football. But I'm ready to get it rolling. I ain't going to hold you up no more. Brother, no, let's do it. Ahead, let's do it. So you talked let's about the basketball, and we were going to get into the playoff matchup, but I want to get ultra-specific here. Let's talk about something that happened today. Uh, Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns finished their 8-0 and run through the bubble down in Orlando, and they still might not make the playoffs. Booker averaged 30 points. <laughs> he got dropped 27 today, but he averaged 30 points. And honestly, is it fair that they could even be invited to the bubble, go 8-0, and and still possibly not be in that play-in game? Is that fair to you guys? I say it's fair. They, uh, if it wasn't for the stoppage of the game, uh, stoppage of the games, the pandemic, they wouldn't have had a chance to be in the be playoffs the anyway. You know what I mean? They'd be the, the the team that, like like you said, they'd be in a lottery, like they've been the last what ten years <laughs> in a, in the NBA lottery. So yeah, I mean, they, they were just lucky to be in it. Like Will said, like, you don't deserve to suck, get a four-month break, <laughs> catch everybody off guard because Devin Booker is a badass summer player. I think he's – I think – I think – I think Devin Booker is a star. I think he's a star. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of – they caught a lot of people off guard. 
for example, they caught the Philadelphia 76ers off guard because they were without Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Al Horford. And I'm pretty sure Tobias Harris might not have played either. But, I mean, the Suns got – I don't want to say they got a cakewalk, but the Suns peaked at the right time. So, clearly, August is their month. But, unfortunately, the real NBA season runs from late October to late June. You just got to be better at different I gotta times of the year. I think you might have just named the podcast with that one. That was a great line. I love that. <laughs> Matthew? Yeah, I, I – We've seen a lot of unfair stuff that happens in sports in general. What about some of the college football teams that finish their season undefeated and they don't even get a chance to go to the football playoff? I'm thinking like the one versus the two. Yeah, the fact that the Suns get to have a chance to go to the playoffs, they finish 8 no, that's great. They get to keep a lottery pick for this year. It's going to benefit down, them down the road. They get that lottery pick. And in addition, they have some momentum going and confidence for the future. Cool off around, you know, late October through sure. the winter that's why they should stop right now tyler what's your I, thoughts um, on this i was just gonna say i think the uh suns can be comparable to a team that is kind of a little bit more relevant to chicago and the blackhawks as a team that if it wasn't for stoppage of play they wouldn't be in the situation to maybe be in the playoffs and the fact that they even have all their hopes in the brooklyn nets right now to make the playoffs um is something else and i think because if Brooklyn wins, they go to a play-in tournament or some sort of play-in, then you got Memphis without Jaron Jackson Jr., so it can get real interesting there. But uh, it could be unfair if they don't make it, but that's life. Be better in October. Did you see that the, the Nets signed Kevin Hooker? I don't even know Ooh. who that is. No. It's Kevin it's, Hooker. It's, it's, it's off-identity Devin Booker. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. I'm not even going front. Exactly. I was about to go through Twitter like, who the hell is Kevin Hooker? <laughs> <laughs> right. He looks like well, a jaded right. version of Kevin like, Hooker. Well played, sir. Jaded version of him. Touche. <laughs> I see somebody's on their midseason form right now. Okay. Okay. Steven Ryan is playoff ready, y'all. Um, it's now, every day. That's one, that's one team. Now, what about the Portland Trailblazers? I think a lot of people are rooting for Portland, but they're kind of in the same mode if you ask me. You, don't, you ne- normally don't get the chance to suck most of the year and then revive your season this late. So, like, while I think I would rather see Portland in the eighth seed right now uh, as opposed to Memphis, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys with, with Phoenix on this one in that they didn't do great for most of the year to come back now and get a playoff spot. But, you know, so, like, what do you think really with Dame going as ham as he's been going all through the bubble – do you think that Portland has a legitimate shot to make an upset and maybe, maybe reach the NBA Finals this year? We'll start uh, – we'll reverse this time. We'll start with Tyler. I don't know about the Finals. However, what are those unlike Phoenix – yeah. But unlike Phoenix, this team had a lot of expectations going into this year. So they've underperformed. I think anyone uh, – even as late in the season as we were before the stoppage, I think people were still giving them the benefit of the doubt, as in, nah, they haven't hit their stride. They are much better than this. And it just turns out they need Dame to be, you know, Summer Dame, kind of like how we referred to Summer Devin. But, like, Dame has just been setting up blaze to anyone in the path of Portland lately, and it's been extremely fun to watch. And I am kind of hoping that they do end up getting in because it'll be fun to see what they do against the Lakers. Matthew? 
Uh, I'm one of the biggest fans of Damian Lillard as someone who has been watching him, at least highlight videos of him since he's been at Weber State, uh, someone who put respect on that university. Uh, he is just a whole nother animal in the playoffs. And for the sake of NBA, for ratings, for contention, for uh, absolute matchups, the Portland Blazers are better when they're in the playoffs just for everyone. Now, that being said, they're not going to make the finals. I think the big mistake of Portland was using their offseason activities uh, previous to this year to go after Carmelo Anthony when they could have actually had a couple more reliable scores and maybe improved some of their big men, both on the offensive and defensive side. Hold they need more now. than just Damian Lillard. Hold what? on now. I am not Whoa. here for no mellow slander. We are not going to slander this man who's coming to this moment. Ten, ten years ago, ten years ago, Mello's great. Skinny Mello been hooping. Skinny Mello been Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. I, I didn't we don't, think we'd have we don't need another stick early. in the mud out there. We already have ah. Damian Lillard and McCollum that will hold the ball enough. We need more movement out there. I'm sorry, 35, 36-year-old Carmelo does nothing for me in the playoffs, Where's where it is, where it counts. You mean when the game's slower? I'm hurt. Steven Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, where yeah, they have I'm to hurt. play defense, Tyler. That's correct. You need to move without the ball and play defense. Tell me which one of those things Carmelo does better. First Damn. of all, Carmelo Anthony doesn't need to move the ball. The ball You're moves right. to him. His only job is to <laughs> spot up in the corner the and shoot and shoot jumpers. Team. That's his uh -huh. only job. He doesn't need How's to play doing defense. That job tonight. First of all, hey man, I know Melo can't play defense, but he's doing his job. <laughs> okay. That's all they Six ask of him. Tonight. Because you know what? Wrap it hey, up. Perfect but you, job. But you know what? On on this Portland team, no one plays defense. So That's true. he's it's That's true. he's at home. It doesn't matter. McCollum and Lillard have been notably and notoriety-wise the worst perimeter defenders in the league. They Hassan Whiteside, I don't know how you could be 7-1 and just a complete miss. But the things that, that are working well for this team so far is the, the layoff because for obvious reasons, they got Nurkic back, which has been huge and has been huge for the reason that they always go shorthanded in every postseason series. Not saying they would have beat the Warriors last year by any means, but you know what? It could have made their life a lot more difficult if Nurkic was in there because Durant was out. It could have been 4-1 so, instead of 4-0, yeah. Probably 4-2, but again, okay. you're disrespecting a lot of these Portland players. No, Gary they're great Trent. players. They're just not deep, and they only play one way, like you said. They're, yeah, they're only I, offensive. I was, I was thinking last year anyway. This year it's a different, yeah, they're it's a different, different time and there. different everything. So, again, yes, Melo's job is to only hit two threes. That's all he is. He's not the same guy. We don't. Ex I hope so we get no starter minutes for that. Okay. Hey man, if so, <laughs> someone's got to fill. Someone's got to play the time. I I don't know. You're gonna throw okay. Bo Harkless out there. I mean, no, I don't, that's I, my I don't that's my point. They're not deep enough. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying they're gonna okay. stun the Lakers in the first round. I don't think because I agree with you because yeah. they have no one to guard LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Once those two step in front of them, they're gonna run them over. Damian Lowe is going to have to average 48 points a game. And DJ, CJ McCollum's got the chip at 25. Will? And Melo, and Melo at least eight. Y'all funny, man. I don't, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Do you not remember Eddie Curry or Aaron Hayes? Seven foot misses. <laughs> Y'all crapping on, on Portland, man. You know, that they are uh, one year removed from I love watching from them play. They just, the they just bucket. <clears throat> I love, they could score with the best of them, Will. I agree with you. I love watching them. 
But when the, push comes to shove, I've seen the story enough. They one the, year the, removed. The, they one year removed from being in the Western Conference Final. Okay, Be, and one well, year can make a difference, my man. One year can make a difference. Yeah, yeah, this year is different. It is making a difference. And that layoff is helping them out. And are if, you, they, if they get in the playoffs, which it looks like they're going to do, they're going to yeah. be a scary team to run, run against in the first I round. I think six games. I could see six Lakers. games because no one could guard Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. They have no perimeter defense. So, right, yes, man. I can see it being a game. But, like, when push comes to shove, is CJ or Dame going to guard LeBron? No. And LeBron's going to back his ass deck down on the post. Anthony Davis is going to do this. It's all about Anthony Davis and his aggression. Unless I'm really LeBron is averaging 60, unless LeBron is averaging 60 points a game in this series, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that they are got a chance to lose against yeah. Portland. This Anthony probably... Davis got Anthony Davis got to prove that he can play when it when it counts the most. Even though there there's no crowds, so again, you got you got no crowds, you know, no home court advantage. So guys, that's that's gonna step up. It, there's no pressure. There's really no pressure. It's like, think, to me, this is a glorified pickup game. You know how it's a glorified come AU out. tournament. That's what it is. I know. AAU. <laughs> you know. But do you think. Games with guys that show, you know, show like, I, I got game. I, I'm not worried. You know, it ain't the, the same palm sweaty, you know. Knees uh, weak, you know, arms are heavy. Tight. I bet Portland right, thinks Anthony Davis can play though. <laughs> after he swept the swept the crap out of them a few years ago. I'm sure. And then Portland, yeah. I mean, I I'd rather see them in the playoffs than Phoenix. I, you know, I give them. Oh, I agree with that. To, I give them a pass this year because Nurkic was hurt. Uh, Nurkic was hurt in the beginning of the year. He's a big piece of that offense. They just got a few pieces like with Whiteside, uh, Whiteside coming over. Uh, Zach Collins is still getting better. You know, he, he's a good player off the bench. They're missing tre- the defense of Trevor Ariza and uh, Rodney Hood. Now, if those two guys was yeah. playing, I would say, yeah, they're going to beat the Lakers because yeah, the man. Lakers are without without Avery Bradley, their best defender. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can't trust Cal Kuzma. He's a walking bucket, but he don't need to either. So, if you're looking to have LeBron, you know, again, LeBron is great. Taking nothing away from him. He's different in the playoffs, but you know, you, you cancel that with Dame, who's averaging on the season, like 29.8 points. We're going to say 30 points, eight assists a game, and he giving you four rebounds. You add – then you add Carmelo, Slim Melo. Melo can still score. Uh-huh. He can't – you know, he, say, he came in with LeBron, Mr. Olympics. Yeah. Y'all going Y'all will start to put some respect on the elder's name, bro. No, they, they definitely – Portland is, Portland is probably the, the worst matchup for the Lakers only because while they can't – the Portland's not guarding LeBron. We know that. They're not guarding LeBron. They're probably not guarding Kuzma. They're going to give Anthony Davis some trouble, though, because they got some big bodies down there in, in Whiteside and Nurkic. And then on the other side, Damian and CJ are going to be fits for the guards on L.A. without Rondo, without Avery Bradley. Um, but I, I, I got I to gotta agree, man. I, I've been on, on record saying that I felt like last year of them reaching the finals was the outlier. And this is probably more in line of where they're going to be if they don't switch it up. I'm not – listen, I love C.J. McCollum. And we're talking about Dame. Obviously, I appreciate Dame. But I have never been a fan of their long-term prospects together. I didn't – I think they were capped as what they were. A playoff team on a good year, um, a second round out at best. And like I said, last year I viewed that as an outlier. So I'm not, I'm not ready to – uh, necessarily say that they are uh, 
they're going to, you know, I got to agree, they're probably not going to reach finals, but I think they're going to be a really tough matchup for the Lakers. And if the Lakers do, su- do survive, which I expect them to, it's a great tune-up. Definitely a great tune-up, if nothing else. Well, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to make the finals, but don't be surprised if you see 07 repeated when um, who was Dallas had the number one seed and Golden I was State ask with, you, with Baron did Davis. They remind stack you of five. State, yeah. So okay. If they, if they, you know, if Could they, you, you know, imagine? And that's because they got the other piece, especially with Rondo missing the first first part of the playoffs, like you said, Josh. So, Could you imagine that story, though, with everything going on in Portland, that if they were to somehow come up and beat the Lakers and go on some miraculous run through the playoffs? Yeah, that would be a move. <laughs> that would be a move. And, Josh, I know you're the moderator, but I think we should have a swift transition to the next matchup of the 7-2 because I think another miraculous run is way okay. more potential there. We was – we're about to switch sports all together. So if you want to talk about another matchup, drop it on me. What, what, what you got? What you got? Let me tell you about a gentleman named Luka Doncic. He's already the greatest European player of all time. I'm sorry, <laughs> Dirk. I'm sorry. Oh. It's already in the cards. It, if he gets hurt, obviously the numbers aren't there. But my man, this dude can boogie and break you down. And the best part about him is this game is not predicated on athleticism. It is predicated on skill and craftiness and creativity. And you see this right here? This is that Luka Doncic Prism Rookie 10 Prime 10 card going for 2500 bucks right now. We stun the just, Clippers. Are you just we trying st- to sell stuff? No. But <laughs> if we stun the Clippers, I'm not happy that we – I know the Bulls probably didn't have the assets to move up to get them, but that's the dude I wanted. Of the past five years, that is the guy I wanted on the Bulls. I still feel like but, uh, Dallas is a player away, uh, an impact player, probably on the wing away from being a serious threat. They're going to give teams fits because of the size of Luka and KP, who's been hooping too, by the way, down in the bubble. But they just—but that's what I'm saying. Not only like, finishing, it, it, we talked about how they were they struggled finishing uh, throughout the year. They're, they're, they're one guy away, I think, from making that serious, serious run to the championship. Yeah. I agree with that. They're only a seven player. this year. They're only se- they're only seven win team. But literally, this team is missing nothing but good 3 and D players. Seriously. Because Luka and KP can create it all. They obviously, were... obviously, more playmakers would be better, but Luka Doncic is the truth. You heard it here first. Best European player of all time already. I'm not going to argue about Luka. But um, they were flirting with home court advantage up until Luka turned his ankle or sprained his ankle uh, back in, was it December? Yeah. I think he missed almost a month. Not quite they don't a play month, defense. They don't play defense, but yeah. But he had missed quite a bit of time, and they slid from, I think they were at three at one point, down to seven or eight. Mm-hmm. So that definitely plays a big factor. And with how just stacked the West is as every year, you miss your best player for any extended amount of time, you're going to lose some round. But <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I'm sure the Clippers, I'm sure the Clippers dispatch of him. Where's where Giannis from? Where's Giannis from? He's is, from is Greece. That... Okay, Greece. Okay. He's going for a technicality. This dude's going for a technicality. This and Luke is better than him. But Sayujiri, GM of the Raptors, would tell you that Giannis is Nigerian. By way of Greece. <laughs> so if you want, I mean, I mean, if we get, and if you want to just take I a guess, do you think uh-huh. he's European? <laughs> Con- 
Do I think he's European? If you hey, if you had no European. idea and you just saw the man, would you be like, yeah, that's a European? European no, is not a that, European that don't matter. Is a nationality, not facts, a race. Not what you look like. <laughs> right. It's all about facts, not what you look like. Shirley Stern from Africa. We call Who? her African American. South Africa, Charlie yeah. Stern. Yeah. I mean, she's technically, from Africa, dude. We call I, her African American. I would technically, but that would just, you know, that would ruffle some feathers. <laughs> let's switch gears. It's like Let's. let's <laughs> let's switch gears and talk about we're gonna move to the NFL. I'm not trying to be racist, but that's <laughs> just was like a, couple, a thing. There was a couple of big moves today in the NFL. Uh, a couple of major signings. Tight ends getting pizzied. Uh, George Kittle started it off with uh, signing his deal with the with the uh, San Francisco 49ers in extension, and then right after him, Travis Kelsey got paid. Now, all we're gonna talk about the money right now. I want to ask you guys, which of the two is the better tight end? Overall, I'm going to say Kittle. I'm ta- be- better tight end. Which one is the better tight end? Which one would you rather have on your team right now? Yeah. As long as Kittle. pass catching and blocking. Travis yeah. Kittle. Kittle. The full sweep. Well, I didn't expect everybody. What? what? Whoa. I said no, Will, Will Clark took Kelsey. I said Kelsey. Oh, sorry. I missed that. Travis so, Kelsey. My bad. My bad. My bad. But is that because someone else is delivering him the ball? Well, he only been delivering him the ball for the last two years. Fair Prior to that, he had Alex Smith. Had six, six straight years, six straight, six straight years with a thousand yards uh, receiving for a tight end, record breaking Super Bowl champ. A big reason they won the Super Bowl. I, I what mean, about? I, I get, I get, I get it with Kittle. Kittle, Kittle was younger. You know, he's, um, you know, I. Because of the scheme, you can say he's a better blocker. Uh, but Travis Kelsey's ain't no slouch. He's a, you know, look, man, I ain't going to say a little old. He's, much, you know, a few years old. He's in his 30s. I think you're splitting hairs between the two. No, I think I'm sticking with Kelsey. That's fine. That's no, no, I don't he, think he you can go wrong. I don't think you can go wrong. He's been my fantasy tight end the last few years. So. Oh, I <laughs> got you. you. See, there it is. that's and all you do is be impartial, it. brother. You brought impartiality to this. We're trying to be impartial or neutral, okay? You got to you gotta keep but it But Steven's got the card I'm you for facts, Doncic, so he's I a I just want to say real quick, a real quick timeout. I got Giannis um, cards, too. I got great European oh, okay, cards. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I got great European cards. So he is a European now. Yes, <laughs> clearly, I mean, I got proven wrong. I'm willing to change if I okay. facts are led to me. So he's right. He's a Euro. But uh, Matthew, what's your Matthew, what's your what's your, your points for Kelsey? So uh, Kelsey is probably the higher level receiver, but he plays tight end so little. If you look at where he matches up, it's not a tight end position. It is a big wide receiver. That is all it is. And this is why, like Jimmy Graham and other people try to make the argument, I'm a wide receiver because that's where they line up. Kittle does more, and there are different team without him. And I know, I know Tyler's indicating all about that money. I know that's the reason why. Change <laughs> Okay. But if you look, Kittle plays tight end. Kelsey plays big wide receiver. And that's not a knock on him, but Kittle's a better tight end, which is what we're talking about. Because right San Fran's a predominantly run team. Right. Tyler? And so, yeah, Kittle's blocking skills is impartial. Tyler? Oh, well, I was saying that. I, I did think that Kittle was the better one, and you can debate on the scheme, maybe depending on who could be better in which situation. But I think, like I said, overall, though, Kittle has the because uh, when you talk about tight ends in the past, like 
and people like that, they want to be classified as wide receivers because that's where the money was. When all of a sudden the Bears had Devin Hester go from a cornerback to a wide receiver because that's where he can get more money. So that's part of it. But as a pure tight end, as far as football, give me George Kittle. Yeah, see, I'm kind of with uh, Matthew on. I think uh, Kelsey's probably the better receiving threat, like pure receiver, and he does play a lot. He's played split out a lot more often. Uh, but mm-hmm. Kittle, dude, listen, we could talk about being a better blocker, right? And maybe that is splitting hairs due to scheme. But I've seen George Kittle laugh his way through blocking somebody onto the ass. Like, that's not I, something that's normal. To say, <laughs> Kelsey is not no slouch blocking, bro. No, he's not a slouch he's blocker. Not no slouch he's blocker. not a slouch blocker. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's guys who aren't bad at it, and there are guys who thrive at it and who, and who relish that kind of moment. You kind of see in George Kittle moments where he – it seems like he might enjoy blocking much more than he does catching passes. And then the kind of punishment he delivers. Now, I think what it really comes down to is what kind of style you prefer. Like Steven was kind of saying, you're splitting hairs, really. They're both – really talented but Kelsey I will say is more of a finesse player whereas Kittle is if you're going to compare him to anybody it is more to like those throwback guys the Gronks of the world and to a lesser extent the Zach Ertz is as well even though he's probably a little bit um lesser physically gifted than those guys uh, Austin, Hooper. Austin Hooper Austin Hooper is a Jason Witten type to me where he he his athletic ability is not one of the things that you first think of. You think of his skill, right? Technical. He's a he's a good athlete, though. He's a better athlete than, than Witten ever was. But I just don't know yeah. if that's if he's in the same class as those two guys in terms of Kelly. <laughs> I like him though. Oh, he's I, not. I, he's yeah, not. No. I'm just that's throwing so, tight ends out. Oh there. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Such a hey, limited position. <laughs> you want his autographed jersey, man? Like I'm trying to get rid of this thing. <laughs> Is there any merch you don't have up there? Oh, like, yeah. Plenty of merch I don't Miami. have. There's, yeah. They just – I think they donated him for Plasma or, oh like, a fourth round or whatever. A fourth rounder, was it? Was it Miami? He ain't going to mess around. It was Miami, yeah. He's going to become two a threat. Maybe try to get on some Miami Dolphin chat rooms. Or Wow, how old am I? <laughs> try to get some <laughs> chat rooms. <laughs> I don't go near try Miami do- Dolphins anything. Try to in contact with some Dolphins fans. You might be able to get that Gary off your hands. Hey, maybe. Hey, next two, three years, Miami might be the team to beat over there. They didn't get some nice picks. So good Buffalo. Draft picks. Okay. I, like I was Buffalo. talking to an actual Dolphins fan, and he said cool. that he's pretty confident it's going to be it's going to be Fitz Magic for the first half of the year. Then he's going to hand it off to Tua. Sounds about right. That's what they try to do. We'll Transition them. I, I would sit to it for the whole year. They don't hang on him. Hopefully they don't hang on him if he's a bum like they do Trubisky here or in Chicago there. Sorry. I well, here's the deal. Sometimes. Here's the deal. As I would rather hold on to Tua than Mitch Trubisky because you know what? Tua at least has a form of talent. Ooh, that's harsh. Wow. <laughs> that is harsh. You are, you are full of hurtful <laughs> words today. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're going to pause for a moment. I can't stand that, man. I'm done with Mitch Trubisky. No, I'm with you on that. We're going we're gonna to pause for a moment. <laughs> we're going to come back, and I'm going to ask you guys, and I want you to ponder this over the break. What do you guys think about, A, it's a two-parter. I'm getting kind of deep. Uh, what do you think about the impact that canceling the college football season is going to have on the NFL? And then building off of that, do you think that the uh, NFL is actually going to be able to finish their season? We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. Don't go anywhere. This is the around-the-clock uh, roundtable discussion number two.
back now, and we are going to continue with our discussion about the NFL. Now, I asked you guys before we went on our little uh, breaky break there, what did you think about the NFL possibly finishing their NFL the season? Uh, and really before we get into that, though, what do you think the impact's going to be if they do uh, go through this completely, the cancellation of the college football mm-hmm. season? We'll start with you, Stephen. I mean, the college football season is – Big for a lot of reasons, not just, you know, the athletes who I feel for, the, you know, the ones that, you know, maybe aren't going to be going pro, but they get to wear their jersey one last time. You know, all that all that stuff hits home. I hate to see that happen to anyone that, you know, they, they get robbed of the chance to play their last year. Or even if you're going to go pro and you're a sophomore, it's your junior year. You know, I, I hate to see all that. But, like, all the major universities, even the smaller towns, they're losing a lot of revenue by not playing football this year. Um, it's going to impact the draft next year in terms of quality of talent, although we are pretty sure that the quality of talent at quarterback is still going to be top of the tier. The only unfortunate thing is they're not going to get a year of development. Matthew? Yeah, I think this impacts college way more than it does in the NFL. The NFL prospects and the ones that are going to be invited to the draft and eventually the ones that are going to become pro players, those people were looking at those players in high school. And one-year difference, either on the field or off, even the people who are freshmen may want to go out in a couple of years and they lose this development season. It's not going to affect them as much as the colleges that may have to shut down, possibly, because some places like uh, NIU, just up the road, it's one of their biggest forms of revenue, especially when you look at the New Year's Day plus bowls they've gone to. Now, I'm not saying shut down completely, but a lot of people may actually get fired over this, not to negligence, not to doing anything wrong, but as Avenue. Another issue with revenue there is even if they do play somehow and get a full season in somehow, there aren't going to be fans there. You're not going to be selling those concession numbers. Bars around the stadiums aren't going to be doing the same numbers if it was, you know, not a pandemic going on. So that I hope they play for the kids' sake, but that money is already gone. Like that, that's not that's not coming back, and who knows when it gets back to some level of normalcy. But as far as the effects on the NFL, is like you said, Matt, the draft effects. It's a, it's going to be astronomical. I I wouldn't be shocked if they wanted to postpone the draft so they had a better idea of where these kids would be at, not just athletically but just body wise. You know, if they're not playing competitive football, you have a whole season that you miss. You know, that center that was pushing 300 pounds might only be at about 265 now. It's it's a huge difference. And I I'm we'll get to what it means as far as full football. Like, if NFL will get, you know, a full season in, because personally I don't think it will. But, yeah – Everyone wants to talk about kids' safety. If you're serious about that, just don't even play. Just don't play. Yeah, I think the big thing with the NFL is if it had a developmental league, like a true developmental league, this wouldn't be as bad because that's – you you listen to Coach Nagy, whether right or wrong, he said he didn't know anything about Jesper Horstead and some of the back-end tight ends because he didn't even evaluate them during the preseason games or he didn't feel like that was a good enough – opportunity to evaluate them and he's probably right because those are players who may never get to see the light of the day again we need a developmental league not this year obviously for multiple reasons but 
this really puts a big problem on the NFL when evaluating people going forward. But that being said, I, I think ultimately, as we pretty much have all said, this, this hurts more than just college necessarily losing their developmental league. I mean, I I think a developmental league would hurt the quality of college football, you know, because we'd have like a bunch of G league, a bunch of, former Purdue quarterback. Imagine you're a running back and you don't get to find a real contract. You look at Jordan Howard, who had, what was it, three or four straight seasons where he was the main back of the Chicago Bears and did at best, you know, top. Explain the running back is a lot less valued of a position now, I would say. But if they got to make money earlier in a development league, then they'd actually get a real deal what when they're a quote-unquote rookie and that would be such a huge thing for people getting paid the college football quality may go down some that's probably true but when these people are already using uh football as their main work one or the other how about one or the other i think i think you should be allowed to play off your likeness if you're in college oh that that part yes i i just don't know about full-on salaries if you're oh yeah uh, that part you can't do that that's why i'm saying developmental play league because you could actually earn a salary yeah that's fair now top end schools might suffer if you had some sort of developmental league but i feel like a lot of your schools that feast off those kids that don't quite make it to your you know I almost called them blue bloods, but this isn't college basketball we're talking. But that blue chip don't make it's it. Sam has a blue blood. You're it's a yeah, but like the Northwesterns wouldn't be affected at all by a, a developmental league. <laughs> well, yeah, because exactly. if you're smart, like you that. don't. But for college football, I was gonna say for college football as a whole, it'd be parody. It, 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 so the actual sure. entertainment factor of it from week to week games, you're not gonna have these little sisters of the poor you're going up against. <laughs> Everyone's going to be in the same boat. So 100%. I think for the quality, so like not for quality, but for like entertainment value of these games, they might go up across the board for college football. Sure. In the end though, and for college football, like I know it's the same two teams every year, but those are the two teams I want to watch. I'm sorry. I don't want to watch a, a pedestrian, a pedestrian, even like four, number four, um, Michigan versus an um, up-and-coming Auburn. I'm cool with Bama Clemson because of the amount of talent that's in that game. Now, or LSU, uh, usually every year. They, yeah, have the they have the QB. Matt, Matt, I don't really want to bleed from our show to here, but I'll do it a little bit. A little bit of fantasy booking. What if, because there was a rumor that Dwayne Johnson had purchase the XFL to possibly give college kids an opportunity to get paid while not in the NFL. I like that. That's if actually the XFL fair. wanted to be that league, sure. But they've said that they want to be competition to the NFL. And nah, that changes – I guess who's running it? It's Vince. So there's, no, there's a problem with that. That's an ego issue, though. Yes, it is. The genetic I, I actually – I actually feel like uh, the Rock buying the XFL would be a good idea because uh, if he, if they go into it as trying to be a developmental, I don't think competitive they have a chance. They don't have a chance at keeping up with that. No, they don't. get the kind of talent. But if they go with the developmental route, you definitely could convince some guys that may not make it uh, in, in college, they're not going to be stars, they're not the highly recruited guys, come in over here, earn yourself a livable wage. I'm not talking about nothing major, but you can give them a pretty sizable salary that they're not going to be getting working a standard nine to five. And, and let them kind of work on their games that way. The NFL Europe was around for a very long time. 
and it it just went away because they, they didn't really market it well enough in my opinion that's just my personal thoughts on it but if you bring something like that and domesticate it you could have a, a really big thing on your hands especially with the uh, afl kind of going under the uh, we lost two leagues we didn't just lose the xfl we lost the aaf too don't forget about that one so while there's not top talent guys now you can get the developmental guys and then later on i guarantee you get some of those guys who don't academically qualify some of those guys who have trouble pass arrest histories and stuff like that you're going to quickly build up a talent roster if they go about it as a developmental league and not competition that's the only way that i think it can work now we've talked about football for a long time Oh, we didn't even finish though. Do you guys think the NFL is gonna uh, gonna finish their season? No, hell no. Oof, nah. I Steve, do. oh, what? There you can't have cancellations <laughs> like baseball and make them up later. I think they do. <clears throat> Get out of the football. I think when you own a day of the week, you can figure it out. Well, what do you do with the other six? You gonna tell the players they have to stay in their hotels for six days? Yeah, then you just cut their ass like the Seahawks did to that wide receiver. Oh, one of the wildest stories that. ever. So before we switch gears, we have to talk about that. My man Who likes tried that to segue? sneak a girl Ooh. into the room and dress her as a, a Seahawks player. Now, I'm, I'm assuming they don't mean pads and, and helmet, but she's got on Dress team gear. Not. Somebody had not. to notice that there was a different shape under that other than set of clothes. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Darren Sproles was here. If they thought they were going to get him in. If they thought they were going to get her in as a player, she couldn't be that pretty, right? Well, hold on, hold on, hold well, on. Beauty is subjective. Beauty is subjective. Way. You cover her she face. Masculine maybe you, maybe you, you, know, you give her the big hoodie. Now, that's where I think you kind of get – because, like, she's got to be small. I'm assuming she's not, like, 6'1". Yeah. So, like well, – hmm. She could be. She she's, could like, be. a linebacker and shit. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that man just said she couldn't have been that pretty. That's hilarious. First of all, the LFL is full of females that are attractive sure. and, and will knock you out with a shoulder. So let's not get sure. that twisted. Now, that being said, I'm pretty sure he wasn't sneaking the LFL player into the uh, into the Seahawks facilities. So that's uh, listen. Now, will this be the last time we hear a story like this? I'm quick to say no. We're going to hear a few more like this. Well, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna hear from players that make a difference, cause <laughs> that that that, that player, <laughs> guess guess what guess what his signing bonus was what? as a free agent. He got one. He got one. Two thousand dollars. Hell oh, yeah. Oh, 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 he got a stimulus package. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Can you get to the hotel?" <laughs> that, that was his signing bonus. So. <laughs> oh my god. So, I'm sure ain't no, ain't, no, ain't nobody tricking off on no, uh, say, Aaron Donald or something did that. Mm. Aaron Donald going to flex the security guard tell him ain't no footage. You didn't see this. so <laughs> I think Aaron Donald's allowed to do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah damn oh, right. I'm sure damn right. There's people that can do what they please, and he's one of them. If you're a Madden 99, you can do that. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's what that's what it is. The rookie messed up being a rookie. You can't do. What are you doing? You just got here. You ain't supposed to be messing up. You can't mess up. A uh, undrafted, an uh, undrafted rookie, free agent. Like, you know man, what? what are and, you doing? And I'm glad you pointed that out because you talked about his signing bonus. My man was lucky enough to get a. It was meager, but he got a signing bonus as an undrafted free agent. He should have been counting blessings instead of counting ways to get his girlfriend into the facilities. Now, move on. 
Let's talk about uh, the MLB. And I know we, t- we went heavy Chicago last time, but uh, we're going to go back to it a little bit this one and talk about the Chicago Cubs and having the best record in baseball. Uh, man, listen, if you don't know, there's a, the, the biggest Cub fan that I know so far in this group is uh, Stephen Ryan. So I'm going to let you kick it off. Brother. Tell me about how you feel about the Cubs' hot start. I mean, it's fun to watch. I can't lie to you. Like, I mean, obviously my expectations were hampered this year. I thought this was possible. Of course, I try to be as positive as possible. But, you know, you just you, you take a grain of salt with it. And so I thought, you know, the Cubs – I thought I think the Cubs should win the division. I think they have the talent offensively to win the division. I think they're better than the Cardinals offensively. I think they're better than the Brewers. The Reds have upgraded, but they are the Reds and they don't want to perform. And the Pirates, we forgive them for being the Pirates. So, again, the hot start that the Cubs are on. The pitching, the starting pitching, I should say, I have full confidence in. I love Kyle Hendricks. John Lester, in a 60-game stretch, anything is possible, and he's been pitching nothing short of sensational. Now, Tyler Chatwood was a surprise, and he did return to earth on his last start, but that was expected. I can't expect this man to have an under-one ERA. Like, that's just ludicrous. Um, Alec Mills. He's been in the league for a few years, so, you know, he's kind of finding his pace. It takes time with this stuff. Even in the NBA, like like Gary Trent Jr., you know, it's like, sometimes it takes – I know Gary Trent Jr. is only a few years in, but, like, sometimes it takes three or four years for you to find your footing with all this stuff. And so maybe the Cubs just have the right combination of starting pitching, and I don't know how they're going to figure out the bullpen because it's just an atrocious match. But if you put a – Five to six runs every game, usually you're going to be pretty successful in Major League Baseball. And Yo, that's what they've been doing. They've been so successful, Steve. And if you want to talk about video games, um, if you start a new game in March to October in the show, they have moved from contenders to favorites. Yeah, wow. So they expect you to win over 95 games or 90 games? Yeah. Offensively, um, they're there. That, that, they've got the names. They've got yeah. the power. They do it. But it's been the same thing since 16 when they won. It's a bullpen issue. And it's – that's the most – that's, if not the most, the second or third most important thing when it comes to playoff baseball. And that's, that's the something most they're going to have to find thing. a way to fix before then. Yeah. That is, if it's not, which, you know, I think mm-hmm. we can all be in agreement there that it is. They the, – the, I'll say this. Rowan Wick saved, knocked, nailed it like, down today, baby. <laughs> Someone has to once in a while. Hey. A blind squirrel finds a nut. But uh, I do think it – I do like the value of Ross in that clubhouse as someone that the team knows already and someone that knows how to talk to that team when it comes down the stretch. I was going to say October, but, like, just, I don't just know. In the situation. <laughs> In the situation when it's clutch baseball time, because November this year isn't going to be the same as normal November. It's 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 weird. It's a weird sports calendar now, and I think it will be for the foreseeable future. It might permanently be. Who knows? But let's just enjoy this good this good Cubs loving while we can. Matthew. Yeah. So I want to shout out one name from the Cubs that probably isn't going to be said here by anybody else, and that's fine because he's under the radar, and it's Jason Hayward. I know people are going to scoff at Jason's offense, but he's actually contributed a lot more this year than he has in previous years. He's leading the team with 11 RBIs, which doesn't sound like very much since we're in the position we are in the season. But he also has the same number of home runs 
as Chris Bryant and uh, sorry, Wilson Contreras. It's actually pretty impressive what he's been doing offensively. As far as pitching, if you remove Craig Kimbrell, this relief staff isn't as bad as it looks, especially when you're seeing people like Colin Ray step up. Jeremy Jeffress still hasn't allowed a hit on the season with seven appearances, I want to say. That's the key right there. That's, That's the, the key, key, right? Because, like, two years ago – sorry to cut you off, but two years They're ago – I bring this point up all the time. Two years ago, that dude was an all-star with a sub-one ERA setting up the door for Josh Hader. Then last year was his worst year ever. And, I mean, more times than not, bullpen is every other year. So there's no way he can be as bad as last year. And he might not be as good as that one year, but if he's even near that, the Cubs have a closer. Yeah, and if you want to look at some more middle relief, if let's say Chatwood has a bad game, well, Alec Mills will be relegated to the bullpen pretty soon when Quintana comes back, if he ever decides to come back. And that's going to help your middle relief a lot. This relief, relief these relievers are not as bad as I expected them to be. It's shocking because they have a six and a half ERA, but I actually expected them to be a lot worse. A lot of those numbers are inflated by Kimbrell and a couple of shoddy performances by some other people. But even uh, Elliot Sadler... I'm Elliot Sadler. Sadler had a uh, good outing today in the eighth inning, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I Kimbrel is just you no. Know, he's I, he's shot, obviously, yeah. and that's the only thing that worries me because that's what it comes down to in pro and uh, playoff baseball. But another key name that's actually stepped up for this team is Ian Happ. He's top ten in slugging, and top fifteen or top twenty in OPS, and he's been a very steady hand at the bottom of the lineup for the Cubs. Will, we've got, we've diving, diving, doving, dove, whatever. We've gotten into it a lot of the, the numbers and stuff. Will, I want to ask you a question. Do you think this is a, a real thing that we're seeing from the Cubs, or is this a fluke? No, I, I think it's a real thing, man. I mean, and everybody dealing with the same situation, right? The pandemic, six, 60 games. I think whoever started off hot is, uh, is going to – um, be the favorites, and again, Cub, Cubs at thirteen and three. And I know, say we got the numbers. I'm just looking at some of the numbers here. Um, our main players aren't even really like hitting hitting the ball that well. You look at uh, Chris Bryant; he only he's only batting what one ninety six off uh, average. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is only batting two twenty nine. So uh, I mean, Rizzo, you know, we used to him closely, you know, closer to three hundred. He's only batting. 235. He's still got a 400 OBP going into that yeah. game, which is good. Yeah. But yeah, no, can prove. Yeah, but I'm saying that yeah. these guys, are the, our main guys, ain't even hit their stride yet. Wait till they start. Wait till they bet start. I agree with that, but I think the big thing with this team that has not happened happening the past few years is their patience at the plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, Chris Bryant has not been good at the plate in terms of average. I'm sure his OBP, I haven't looked, is still like 330, if not a little bit higher than that, probably. It's but 315. 315, uh, okay. Okay, but Chris Bryant is the king of being down 0-2 and working it back to 3-2 counts. Yep. Like, the the average plate of per, pitch per plate appearances has to be one of the best in the league. He sets the tone. He get Like, that's what the 2016 Cubs did so well is they ate at you, and you got they got to your bullpen early. And that's the mark of any good team. And this team is patient at the plate. Yes, they are not hitting in terms of average that well. It doesn't appear that way. But the stats are going to look a lot more even to each other than other teams. They're going to be closer on average. They're going to be, like, in between 260 and 300, everybody, instead of, you know, one person being at 330 and everyone else being at 240. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that they haven't even hit their stride yet, and they're doing this. You know, I don't know about y'all, but David Ross, my early candidate for uh, manager of the year, he's already manager of, manager of the month. <laughs> and, and then there's one cat on the team. It's another player um, that's doing well. I mean, uh, Jason Kittness, yeah, local kid, yeah. From North great Brooklyn. pickup, absolutely. Man, <laughs> 22 at bats, he bat 364, uh, OBP of uh, 462, and a slug, you know, slug percentage 84 with four home runs. That man was an all-star you know, in 2016. Games, man. Did, uh, did anybody catch Kipnis tip his cap in his first at bat in Cleveland with yeah. no one there? Hey, yeah. <laughs> there was a standing ovation from the Cleveland batch. It wasn't nobody. They were they were saying, "Hey, welcome back." So okay. it wasn't like mocking okay. I, or anything like that. But the but the video I saw was from the first base side, so you don't see that dugout, and it's just empty fans that he's tipping yeah. his hat to. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that was a, yeah, they they the real deal, bro. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. And for much of the reasons that Steven was saying about them not being the free-swinging team that they were before, they're kind of grinding out all their bats. And um, like you said, Will, the, the good guys, the really top guys, aren't even doing that much yet. So once they get their stride, it could be something dangerous. And Rossi might have locked up manager of the year because for all the talent on this team, they were pretty much left for dead. And uh, if, I'm, I look, I'm guilty as charged because I was one of the people who said that I don't necessarily see them doing much this year. They're really quickly silent to me, and I'm hoping that they keep it up because it's really fun to see. When Chicago teams, both of them, honestly, I'm not a, I'm not a Sox hater. I'm a Cubs fan, but I'm one of the rare few that really isn't a Sox hater. But when Chicago teams are playing good baseball, baseball is just better as it is because, uh, you know, you need those big – you need the major cities really to have good teams, in my opinion, for your health of your league. Well, I think the Cubs, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to win a championship in baseball, and they pretty much still have to, you know – the same core players from the 2016 championship. You just got to write the ship. You know what I mean? I just I think, think that change David of voice was – Exactly. I think David Ross was the perfect change of voice for this team. You can just tell by the end. Just the way this team petered out. And, for example, like 2018, they blew the lead to the Brewers. And then, they, you know, they had to go to that extra game. They played in the wild card game. Like, the way that season ended was just horrible. And then, if you go back to last year in 2019, this team was in it in September. I think they were winning the division. And then no more than two weeks later, they were six games back of the Cardinals. Like, just the way these guys lost these past two years has just, was just morally defeating. And, and it's just frustrating because you know the talent. It's not like the old Cubs in the mid-90s, you know, the early 90s before Sosa and all that stuff. Like, when you just knew you're bad because you're bad. Right. Like, you know this team is good, and you're losing. You're just, it's just – it's ridiculous when you watch it happen like that. Yeah, those run-one games were, were, were killer. Before we get out of here, guys, we've got to touch on one more Chicago team because they have surprised a lot of people. And, and obviously, due to the pandemic, they got a, a second chance at life, something that we talked about earlier on in the show. Uh, but the Blackhawks, real quick, what is everybody's expectations for them in the playoffs? Do they have a chance to do anything? They might get one game, but they're down 2-0 already. I believe it's best of five that they're doing in the first round, right? Is it? I, I'm going to say no, though. I think it's – regardless, it's it's a no. That defense is <laughs> so bad. The fact that Duncan Keith on half a leg is still doing over 25 minutes in three periods just shows how few people they trust in that back line. They keep swapping people. They took off Boquist, made him sit today. But at the end of the day, 
every game they're being outshot by 15. And if you look, Corey Crawford's save percentage is still better than the other uh, goalies, who was well, a goalie we actually had previously this season. Yeah. Mm. And, and yet you look, you put him with a competent team, he looks a lot better out there. Not just the amount mm. of shots, but they're also getting way closer to the net, whereas we're shooting from the point and the wing instead of, you know, getting up in front and just taking it past the keeper. Well, one of those discrepancies in shots come from uh, Vegas being so good on D. They're, I think they're tied or they are second in the league at allowing least amount of shots in a game. I think they're averaging like 20 around that number. And if you they're look at the Hawks, yeah, the Hawks are at – I think they had 20 shots in game one and they scored one goal. But what they're going to have to do is something they've always had an issue doing in the past couple of years, and that's execute on a power play. And they've been getting opportunities. Mm. Vegas will give you opportunities too, but like they they gotta come through on them. But they still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, well, the, I mean the three names are there, but that's about it. Yeah. I was gonna say it's, it's the same recurrent thing, right? In this movie we call twenty twenty. They weren't even supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like Portland and Phoenix, you know we. You know, it's a successful season just with the way they get past Edmonton. Nobody was expecting them to be there. So, uh, I think it's just, again, a, a successful season, and they can look toward next year, you know, building building on that success, and maybe they, you know, get get that ship right. So I hope they don't call it a successful year because it really wasn't. No. I mean, it wasn't, but I'm just saying, like, successful restart. Yeah, Let that's me, fair. Yeah. Let me uh, switch my words up. Yes, because yeah, they season was. <laughs> it, it, but in the but it's not – I, I think you're alluding to, like, the same thing. You just don't want to be – you don't want any of these misleading wins. Right. Like, you don't want the Blackhawks taking that series against Edmonton and be like, hey, we're still the Blackhawks. Like, no, you're not. It is way different than it was before. <laughs> you need to retool. <laughs> right. And I mean, be better. Yeah, you got to be realistic. Up. You got to be realistic, yeah. but just, just have a, a mindset. I mean, if you think you're a winner – Hey, that, that's that's path to battle right there. Well, that's that makes five notes. Cause I don't think so either. They, are, I agree, they are lucky to be there, and uh, they should just count their blessings for every day that they remain there. So, um, that's gonna do it for this roundtable number two. We are gonna put up uh, questions next week for next week's roundtable, so you can get some listener interaction, and uh, you guys can let us know what it is that you want to hear uh, us discuss here. Be sure to join us. And before we get out of here, guys, make sure to give everybody your social media handles one more time and tell them where they can find you. We're going to start back where we just came. We'll go ahead and give them your social media, bro. Uh, social media, uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter, at BigWheelC77. And it's uh, uh, at uh, B-I-G-W-I-L-L-C-77. And uh, Facebook is my government name, William B. Clark. <laughs> in the government. Government. Steven? I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm mesmerized by Damian Lillard hitting this logo three-pointer. Okay, but you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Ryan 7 If you do that, you'll probably see me share Damian Lillard hitting this logo three-pointer. <laughs> also, hit me up on Instagram, Ryan underscore 7. And when you guys are free, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash Ryan 7 for some esports content. Tyler? Yeah, and some Fall Guys content, too. I, dude, that game is play? nuts. Yeah, oh, God. I <laughs> are flips. Oh, God. Don't even, dude, I love that game. Yeah, I'm, any, I'm, any, editing a video on it. I'm editing a video on it right now. All right. Uh, you can be podcast. What's up? Are we? Watch my little gaming podcast. 
podcast. We might have to talk about this later. I got to give my social really <laughs> quick at M underscore broski 21 on Twitter. M underscore broski 21. Tyler, off T underscore Pearson 10 four letters. Wow. Oh, Number 10 I letters. F-O-U-R. I botched my own <laughs> Twitter. How about that? Hey. Um, Instagram is my government uh, along with the Facebook. Tyler, well, I guess Big T is my government middle name, but I should look into that. <laughs> and then, yeah, you got the show, the wrestling show, No Countouts Pods, got the Twitter as well. So, yeah, go ahead and give the follows. Like, and rate, am, and subscribe. I am at Josh Buck on Twitter. The Facebook page is Clocker Sports, website clockersports.com, email address clockersports at gmail.com. They told you, man, check out the No Countouts Pod, check out Punching the Clock Pod, check out the Triple Zeros Podcast. <gasps> And we just getting started. We are not done yet. Until the very next time, yo, we out of here, baby. You know how we do it.